Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Tell Us a Good Story. Today, like every fifth episode, it's Steph and I sharing our own personal stories with you. And today, we get to share stories with two of our closest friends, Joe Muck and Adam Bennett. You guys, this episode is one of the many reasons why we started this podcast. I love that we are able to record and document some of these hilarious conversations we have with our friends. And as you will hear, we are very blessed to have some great friends like Joe and Adam who are way, way funnier than we will ever be. So when they get on a roll, I will just shut up and listen because they truly just make us laugh. Kevin, a lot of these stories I had never even heard before, like the craziest spelling bee ever or the stories about Adam's son. Yes, and we get to to publicly thank one of our friends for the terrible uh, gift he gave our three-year-old son this past year for Christmas. Joe, if you're listening to this, never again, my man. Don't do it, Joe. You guys, we cannot wait for you to hear this episode with our good friends, Joe Muck and Adam Bennett. I'm Kevin. And I'm Stephanie. And during our marriage, we have dealt with an electrocution, a brain tumor, brain surgery. Then doctors telling us that children were not in our future followed by miscarriage, and then Kevin's cancer diagnosis. However, today, we live a life completely healed and restored with three healthy children who doctors said were not possible. And we're here to tell stories that inspire, give hope, and brighten your day. Welcome to Tell Us a Good Story. This episode is being presented to you by Luby Companies, a custom home builder here in Central Ohio. Let them be your builder for life. They are freaking awesome. All right, Steph. Welcome to episode 125. I am so excited about this because it's been almost six months until this group was together. Steph, it's been almost a year. A year? It was no. Every- <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. You're already screaming into the headset. <laughs> Can somebody turn Stephanie's mic up, please? <laughs> Steph, it was episode 80 and 81 with these guys, and this what? is 125. So, 45 episodes ago. Almost a year. I'm sorry. Those two episodes were two of my favorite episodes ever. I still listen to them because they just crack me up. Well, hopefully it continues. That's a high bar. It's a high bar. You know, the Eagles are doing a reunion tour right now in Columbus. <laughs> I would, I'd put this on par with that. <laughs> that is a high bar. Well, like every fifth episode, Steph, it's you and I sharing stories. And tonight, we have two of our closest friends, Mr. Joe Muck and his co-host, Adam Bennett. Thank you much. I forgot that we were co-hosts. Yeah, until the residual checks show up, I forget, too, what I've done. <laughs> so, thank you guys for taking time here yes. to have a conversation with us. You know what's so funny? Kevin has a plan. He's like, okay, guys, we're going to do this, and I want to talk about this. And then Adam just starts going on a roll. And Joe and I look at each other like, Kevin, stop talking. Just hit the record button. Because we need to have Adam's comments so everyone can hear them. Absolutely true. And edit them out. Yeah. Pretty yeah. much, right? My family starts talking when I do. They go the other, <laughs> other direction. <laughs> but first off, I want to publicly thank Joe here. I've already thanked you one time, but I think we should publicly thank Mr. Muck here I again love that. for the Christmas gift you gave uh, our three-year-old son this past year. Now four. It was a hockey stick, by the way. I was hoping for a drum set. Uh, <laughs> it's worse than that. <laughs> as soon as he opened it up, Steph's like, "We're like, oh, thanks, Uncle. Thanks Joe. for the weapon." And before he left, he's just swinging it like oh, like it's a sword. Yep. So that night, I mean, it's literally not even an hour after you guys left, Joe. He's yelling for me on the potty. It's this half bathroom here. He's yelling for me, needs help. As soon as I open up the door, I get hit across the wrist with his hockey stick. (laughs) 
That's a slashing penalty. He had been sitting on the potty, just holding this hockey stick the whole right. time. Just wait. Just wait for just wait. Uh-huh. to show up. He served his five minutes <laughs> on the potty, yeah. and it was all over. He was, he was back in the game. That's really not a good punishment when you do no. that. So thank you again. Thanks, Joe. Uh, we wrapped up just recently, I think, a two-by-four. <laughs> a couple <laughs> nails in it. Tape. <laughs> Uh, for his next gift. Homemade prison weapons. <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Uncle Joe. <laughs> and then the other story is about Adam. I think I've already mentioned this to you, Adam, but this was so funny to us. So we did an in-studio interview with Life Today Studios down in Dallas, Texas, about a month ago. And we're in, being interviewed by Randy Robinson and Sheila Walsh. Sheila Walsh is this Big time speaker. She's won multiple, I don't know if it's Grammy Awards, whatever, over her career. She was a host of 700 Club back in the 90s. Oh, I didn't know that. With Pat Robertson. Well, she comes into the green room. Steph and I are (laughs) just getting out of the, the makeup chair. She comes over and she's like, oh my gosh, guys, I love your book. I love your book. And I especially like the testimonials at the back of the book. She goes, my favorite is from your friend. Adam Bennett. (laughs) And the quote was, I think my buddy Kevin has now written more books than he's read. And she thought that was hysterically funny. Which is factual. Which which is factual. But here we are, Dallas, Texas, with these studio hosts, and she brings up your name the very first time we meet her. It's nice to know I have that kind of reach. (laughs) So, here's the thing, Steph. Joe... Not only was he the very first guest of Tell Us a Good Story, mm-hmm. but I pitched him to be the original co-host of Tell Us a Good Story. But not Stephanie. Nope. And not Stephanie. Nope. Man, you could have been like the fifth Beatle, man. <laughs> <laughs> and then my second idea was to have Joe, Adam, and our buddy Todd uh-huh. be co-hosts and just have a podcast like this, whether it's once a month or whatever. But logistically, that would have been a, an absolute nightmare. It would have been. So... So you get stuck with me. Right. Like, well, stuff sit for me. So, but Joe, when we were talking the other day, you had a great point. I think you said, hey, I'm so glad this didn't work out. I was going to say, outside of comic relief, I mean, this could not have turned out better, I don't think. You know, you and Stephanie, I think, are supernatural, perfect together. Um, I, I think it ended up the way that it should have, and, and it's just a, a perfect companionship as far as hosting the podcast and what you guys bring to it together as a, a couple, I think, probably reaches out and hits home with a lot of people well plus if you were to scream at our guests like steph does it wouldn't it wouldn't come off the same it wouldn't it wouldn't have the same effect but steph recently we had a conversation one of the best conversations we've had lately mm-hmm. and who was that with andy Irwin. andy Irwin. i didn't scream at him at all oh my gosh as I'm soon so as he excited. got on the zoom call you're, you're screaming at him oh he was the nicest guy love andy Irwin. love him so part of that conversation i had a fun fact Mm -hmm. and the second fun fact was andy's childhood friend married my sister and folks you'll listen to it right now here's recording of that second fun fact one of andy's childhood friends joe monk married my sister no no you didn't know this no! I don't know this. Are you serious? And he's one of my best friends to this no. day. Yes. And so let me share the story with you, Andy. Okay. I've known Joe for 30 years since he moved wow. here from Alabama. And a couple of weeks ago, he's like, hey, you know what? Have you ever heard the Irwin brothers? 
I'm like the Irwin brothers. He's like, they've made American underdog. They've made mom's night out. They've made, I can only imagine. I'm like, dude, yes, I'm very familiar with those shows. Yeah. And he's like, they might be a good guest for tell us a good story. And so I, I look up the Irwin brothers.com, go to kingdom story company. So I called him back like two days later. I'm like, Joe, how do you know them? And he's like, Oh, it's childhood friends. We grew up together. And I was like, are you kidding me? I'm like, dude, who else do you know? Do you know Oprah by chance? I'm like, Joe, did Oprah like babysit you as a kid? And you didn't tell me that either? Because I've known him for 30 years and he never once had mentioned that. That's amazing. I'm My mind is blown because Joe was like the cool kid. We were next door neighbors when I lived in Ohio. I lived yes. in Ohio for like two years. They were our next door neighbors. And then we moved to Alabama and they followed us there. We stayed good friends. And then they went back to Ohio. But yeah, Joe, small world, man. That's really, my mind is blown. So, Joe, when you heard that for the first time, what did you think? <laughs> well, I already knew about it. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't a surprise to me, Kevin. <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> okay, let me say that again. So, when you heard his reaction, how excited he was that... One of my closest friends was his childhood friend. Well, it was neat. You know, obviously, Andy and I were, uh, we were very, very good friends for a long time when we were kids. And growing up in an age where there was no um, social media or anything, once we moved apart physically, I left Alabama to come back to Ohio. And he was still down there. So we kind of lost track of each other. Yeah. So to see that reaction and uh, that he remembered the exact same story that yes. uh, I told you about yes. was really, really funny. You know, Andy was always a, a, a wonderful dude to hang out with, and, and he and John were, you know, really close friends of mine growing up, but they have certainly done really, really well for themselves, and it's great to see all the success that they've had yeah. making their movies and everything. Okay, so what's that like then? I mean, you guys are growing up, you move out of state. What is it like then to see your childhood friends become these? award-winning filmmakers then like how does that work with texting friends like oh my gosh did you see this movie did you see them on the grammys like the dove awards like how does that work i guess as a childhood friend yeah that's when you just realize you made a really stupid mistake and didn't keep a good friendship with that (laughs) person (laughs) andy can i please play the the old dad in this next movie Um, instead of Dennis Quaid yeah don't don't worry I can I can work on the gut and everything else Um, is there a corpse in your next movie (laughs) it's crazy to see somebody that you knew that close yeah go to those heights and of course it happened in steps right that's true it wasn't overnight with them no not at all and and so it was started with i remember talking to andy about his time doing uh the camera work for espn right and then he started making christian music videos as a producer director then he started making movies and just took a big chance on it and and now he's a a huge deal obviously you know what i loved about andy though like he just didn't sit back and let things happen like they paid for Michael W. Smith's first the music video. video they borrowed money right? to do it. They yes. borrowed money. So it's like they fought to have this career and nothing stopped them. So I love that. The first time Andy came to my house when, when he lived in Portsmouth, he came over, knocked on the door unsolicited. I had no idea who he was. And uh, they had just moved in. And I happened to answer the door. And there stands Andy. Would have been like seven years old at the time or whatever. And he uttered some sentence that I could not understand. 
Because <laughs> he's from Alabama. Because yeah, his southern drawl at the time was so thick. And it's funny because like when you guys interviewed him, I haven't talked to him in a long time. He's kind of gotten rid of that. But he said when he went to college. I thought it was New York. Was yes, New York, York uh-huh. for college, like a year of seminary or something. He got made fun of, and he intentionally tried to get rid of his southern drawl. And so for a full year, he worked on trying to get rid of that. And yeah, because yeah, I couldn't hear it at all during no, the conversation. Uh-uh. We even commented on it. Right. Like, Man, we don't even hear that what Joe is talking right. about. We Midwest- Midwesterners, we fix people who have that when they come up here. <laughs> and occasionally, we- occasionally you get pushback. I've noticed people say, like, everybody's got an accent. I go, no. <laughs> this is standard American English. When people want to be on TV, they don't take lessons to sound like Jim Varney. <laughs> That's they, true. It's the opposite way. Every major broadcaster, you know, Limbaugh, Brokaw, Jennings, Carson, all those guys. I mean, even Jay Leno. He's from like Boston. Oh, he yes. He got rid of his. And, yes, you know, that's all, true. They all that take lessons. That is so true. They, 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 if they have to, they take lessons to sound like standard Midwestern English. That's true because you don't hear a thick New York accent, Mm-mm. a thick Boston accent. No, Southern. That's right. If you watch the 630 News, it's like, oh, they dropped them a bomb today. <laughs> um, you know. Well, even on Swamp People, they have subtitles. Sometimes we need subtitles <laughs> yeah. to know what they're saying. We're like, what did they say? Well, I told him the last time we had been to Tennessee, he thought this was funny, that we went to Chick-fil-A, and it was near Gatlinburg, and we're trying to order, and I could not understand the Southern drawl through the intercom system. I could not understand her. So I just told her in the intercom, hey, I'm going to come to the first window and try to read your lips, okay? (laughs) We're pulling around right now. actual American English. (laughs) The Midwestern. Midwestern is like the King James version of American English. If you publish this, you're losing all of your new Southern listeners. <laughs> He's going to mute his microphone here. <laughs> Steph, what's most important to you when it comes to building a new home? Okay. I want a builder who's an expert in what they do, is going to be honest with me, and cares about even the smallest of details. Well, thankfully, we know just the builder. You know it. It's Jay and Connie Luby with Luby Companies. Friends, don't just take our word for it. Go check out their website at lubycompanies.com. That's L-U-E-B-B-E companies.com. Let them be your builder for life. They're freaking awesome. So, Joe, you, like I mentioned... We're the very first guest on Tell Us a Good Story. And you told me a funny story of things that have happened with your students since you were on that first episode and you told the story of Fu Manchu Man. Can you tell Steph that story of kind of like what has happened since that first episode? So it, it's been a bit goofy, but you can imagine like if, if a kid likes your class or maybe they hate your class, they might Google search you <laughs> or whatever. And if they Google search my name... One of the very first things that shows up is that episode of your podcast. And this year it happened again where I had like four or five students come to me on the same day. They all started sharing information like, hey, we, we saw this story. You used to be a semi-professional wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, on multiple occasions over the last like two years, basically, I've had many, many students come up to me and say, hey, you're Food Man Shoe Man. <laughs> And I'm like, <laughs> indeed I am. <laughs> Darn right. And, you know, so then I explained to the one class that asked me about this. I, I talked to them about it and I said, okay, we've got some extra time here. So here's the deal. Kevin and Stephanie challenged me to tell the story to see if we could convince sixth grade students of something that's a complete lie. Yes. 
I gave them the quick version of the Fu Manchu Man story so that they understood like why that existed. And then I see a hand go up in my classroom, and this kid goes, so were you really a professional wrestler? <laughs> it's, it's called deceit and chicanery. If it's on the internet, it must be true. So think about that. I was explaining to them a story. Yeah. Yes, about lying to kids. Yeah. About lying to kids <laughs> in order to deceive them. To see if we could deceive them. And I was telling the, them that story from that point of view. And then that kid asked that question. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and they were totally sincere. Man. I, I looked at that kid, like, and I almost felt bad to have to answer. Like, right. No. <laughs> no, no, I wasn't. So we have a lot of new listeners over the last two years. That was episode three. And a lot of people have not heard that Fu Manchu Man story. So... Joe was at our house. We're watching, I think, football, right? In our basement, high state football game. And Joe had made the comment how gullible his sixth graders are in his class. And remain to this day. <laughs> and you had said, listen, Kevin and Steph, I could tell them anything. And I think I could get them to believe it. Well, I didn't believe that comment. I thought you were just, just saying that, just kind of being a little bit dramatic, right? I was like, so Steph, why don't you and I come up with like this biggest lie, give it to Joe, give him the premise, See if he can convince his sixth grade students of this lie. Game right? on. So the next Challenge morning. Challenge accepted. The next morning, Steph and I are driving to church. I distinctly remember us laughing at ourselves coming up with this premise. And it was, you're going to tell your students that you used to be a professional wrestler. A semi-pro wrestler, not WWE. But you were doing this like at the local YMCA's, yeah, yeah. at the VFW to get yourself through college, okay? <laughs> and back then, we said you had through this college. big blonde. <laughs> because that's how you get yourself through college. <laughs> because you can't just roll into an Applebee's <laughs> and make five times as much in half the time. No. Now listen, yeah. Fu Manchu Man made a lot of money. Yeah. Back. <laughs> hey, it was yeah. part of the lie. Hey, you right? made me spend it all in folding chairs you had to replace. Do you think sixth graders have any clue what any profession makes? No, they don't. They don't know. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so part of the lie was, hey, he was doing this to get through college. He had a blonde Fu Manchu back then. And so he became known as Fu Manchu Man. And we're like, Joe, there you go. See what you can do with that. So can you please take us how you convince these kids of this lie, which apparently was not that difficult. Because one, they're definitely gullible. And two, I didn't know you were a professional liar at that moment. <laughs> That's what I'm best at. I'd like, I'd like to interject how I think part of the reason it worked is, is that if you throw in to pay for college, people believe anything. <laughs> like, 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 what did you do? Oh, I shot birds at the airport with a pellet gun all day. Really? Oh, it was pay for college. Oh, okay. Oh, there you go. Pay for college. Yeah. I'm, I, that premise. I sold jello blocks. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, we haven't done awesome. it in a while, but yes, I can do it. Jello I can make it happen. Blocks. I sold Jello blocks, and that paid for my college tuition. <laughs> Adam makes the right yeah. point. Like, eh, yes, okay. just throw that in there. Pay for college. <laughs> oh, so yeah, probably, right? <laughs> okay, so the long and short of it was, you guys made that challenge. I started telling this story to a class that I taught for the last five to ten minutes of a class each day. And this was your honor students, right? Yeah. Okay, honor sixth grade students. It, so it took a long time to tell. I mean, it took me probably three full weeks to piece it before together. I spun the whole thing. They loved it. They absolutely thought it was true. 
they were totally, totally into it. And I had a, I happened to have a, a student teacher that year. And so he kind of was in on the gag as well. Okay. Right? So how did you set it up then? What story did you come up with with that premise? I just went right into it like, hey, you know, I, I tell stories all the time to my students. So, so that part was not hard. Some are true, some are not. <laughs> no, they're all true. <laughs> they're all true, except the ones you've asked me to tell. <laughs> oh, the, good the ones, ones you forced me to tell un, uh, under, under the guise he of... He only the, forced you to, to pay for college. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they're all true. Except the ones you've asked me to tell to, to lie to kids, <laughs> which I ended up feeling bad about if we get to that part. But so, you know, I just started on it, tell them the story. They eventually believe, okay, yeah, Mr. Muck, he was a professional wrestler, yeah. And I took it a step beyond what you said because the end of my story was I wrestled Ray Mysterio. Oh, okay. And within like the first 30 seconds, he suplexed me and broke my back. And that was the end of Fu Manchu Man's career. <laughs> But we have a trip called Outdoor Education, and this girl raises her hand to ask a question, and I call on her, great kid, and, and she goes, is the Fu Man Chew Man story real? <laughs> <laughs> and my heart just sank. <laughs> I felt like such a jerk in that moment, because she was looking at me with like these big puppy dog eyes, just like... <laughs> Hope, oh, hoping that I was going to say real. yes. You know what I mean? Yes, Virginia, there is a Fu Manchu man. <laughs> so I had to let them down and go, oh, no, nah, I'm sorry to tell you this. but And then, and then I, like you kind of brought up earlier, like, then they question everything you've ever told them. Mm-hmm. I would too. That's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, what's, what's all the stuff about World War One you talked about? <laughs> yeah, okay. We believe that now. So, yeah. Now they question everything that you say. And it was, I was just like, oh, I felt so terrible. But, yeah, it's been, it's been funny because I've had multiple kids over the last several years. Every single year since we did the podcast. Really? Every single year, yeah. We need to follow up with that entire first group. And see what percentage of them have in adulthood fallen prey to like cults and pyramid schemes and timeshare presentations. <laughs> so you find out the two thirds of them just—they're all adults now. They're like those kids are like twenty-one years old. Oh, They're always man. losing their identity to <laughs> online scammers. <laughs> okay. I know Joe has a story. Something about a spelling bee. Yeah. Can you please share that story okay. with us? I can. Let's go way back. Okay. I'm a math teacher. I always hated math, and I was terrible at math. That's a, another story for another time. But my seventh grade math teacher was one of my favorite teachers ever. And this is in Alabama? This is in Alabama. His name is Mr. Katz. K- okay. K-A-T-Z. And we were at a small Christian school, so every teacher taught you know, seventh and eighth grade, whatever their subject was. Okay. Because we only had about 20-some kids in a class. Okay. Like a whole grade, I should say. Wow. Yes. Again, it was a small Christian school. Were you valedictorian or? <laughs> well, I didn't graduate from there, but uh, okay, I, I okay. would have been valedictorian. You would have been? Yeah, I would have been valedictorian <laughs> anywhere. <laughs> Trust me. So we go in for math on the you know first day of eighth grade expecting to see Mr. Katz, and he's not there. And our first thought is like, we have a sub, which is weird on the first day, right? right? Well, it turns out he had moved away, started a different career. And we had a new teacher. He's like, I'm not putting up with these kids another year. <laughs> I know what's coming back. Yeah, he was out. <laughs> Probably right. <laughs> so she gets up, introduces herself. And then once we kind of realized, me and my friend group were very much like troublemakers. Got a lot of detention. Shocker. <laughs> yeah, I know. Once we realized like she is the, the actual Mr. Cat's replacement, 
things are not going to be good. Mm. Like, we're not happy about this. Now, this is eighth grade, remember. So it just happens to turn out that this lady kind of thought like she could teach eighth grade like it was elementary school. Oh, so man. it was like, hold up the fingers to be quiet. Turn <laughs> off the light to be quiet. <laughs> As an eighth grader. Like I said, oh. me and a few of my buddies were sold out on making her life miserable yes so this was now our mission <laughs> okay you're the new mr katz mm-hmm. no we don't think so yeah, i wonder why he left <laughs> <laughs> so we were awful we were awful like i feel bad about it. honestly like if i i won't use her name but if i ran to this lady today i would apologize greatly i mean we were awful human beings seriously like we made her cry on a regular basis oh, oh joe i know I used to be kind of a jerk. <laughs> it, but it was to pay for college. <laughs> this was before my wrestling career. I, uh-huh. I didn't know where I was going. Yeah, he channeled his aggression at the local YMCA. <laughs> Fu Manchu Man was born. So one of the things that we hated about her classes, she gave a quiz every single Friday. Oh, well, she deserved to cry then. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. No matter what. Now, as a teacher myself, I realize how dumb that is. Like Every Friday? I pace my kids... Based on what they're doing, if I have to push stuff back, I do. If I can move it up, I do. You know, whatever. This is old school. This is a long time ago. Obviously, I'm an old man. So we go winter break, come back, and she comes in to math class and goes, hey, I realize we got off to a rough start. I apologize. And so we're kind of like, okay, okay, here we go. For trying to teach you? For, for trying to be a decent human being. Oh, okay. What yeah. her apology was for. <laughs> I'm sorry. I thought you could learn. <laughs> yeah, well, she definitely had that wrong, for a, right. not, at least for me. And then she goes, I'm going to make some rule changes. <laughs> She's like, this and that, this and that, and this and that. We're all kind of listening. And, and then one of the big changes was, she goes, all right, from now on, we're not taking a quiz every Friday. And we were all looking at each other like, yes. I mean, we were actually like cheering. People were clapping when we heard that new rule. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a cool thing. And she comes right back immediately afterwards and goes, from now on, instead of a quiz every Friday, we're taking a quizzical. <laughs> she called a quiz a quizzical? She just changed the name to a cutesy name. And what did she call a test? Well, you just ruined my joke. Oh, oh. <laughs> my bad. That's that's how the story is. <laughs> so, Only Adam. My bad. I was like, test. So one of the smartest guys I've ever known in the world, not named Adam. Right after that, we're sitting in the class, and while most of us in our junior high brains were just sitting there going. What's quizzical? Like, is that even a real word? I mean, we're eighth graders. We're idiots. We don't even know. But it's obviously quizzical means like a quizzical look on your face, a puzzled look on your face or whatever. She thinks this cute word is going to make us happy about taking a quiz every Every Friday. Friday. Mm -hmm. And right after she says it, we're stunned. And my friend Mike goes, what are we going to call our test? (laughs) And And you broke her. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. Listen, the rest of the year... If we weren't happy in math class with the way things were going or whatever, somebody would just get the slow (laughs) hand and somebody would be like, are we still taking those quizzicals or, you know, (laughs) because obviously we never took a quizzical. (laughs) Quizzical was gone in one sentence. (laughs) Okay. 
Now, here's where things get like amazingly, incredibly coincidental. And, and I think I, I love telling stories. This is the most coincidental thing I can ever think about my entire life. So I told that story to every class I ever had my entire teaching career. So fast forward to when I have my son in sixth grade. All right. So you're talking 11 years ago now. Okay. And he's in the spelling bee. And he's a pretty good speller. And we're down in the high school gymnasium. And it gets down to one of those situations where it's like him versus the other sixth grade kid that's pretty good. And they're going back and forth. Everybody else is out. And it's now like you have to miss two words to be out. Okay. So they go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And and they're getting like 15 words in a row. It's like insane. Everybody's tired. All the kids are sick of listening. And it's Zeke Muck, you're up. Here comes Zeke for his, like I said, 80th word, it seems like. Your word is quizzical. (laughs) Complete the circle. I mean, as soon as the pronouncer said this word, I'll never forget this. I look to my right, and there's a hundred kids staring at me. (laughs) Just jaws wide open, and then they all start giggling and laughing, and all the seventh and eighth graders have heard the quizzical story. Right. They're all about to lose it. How ironic. So I'm just like, I'm, I'm giving them the like, be quiet sign, like using my hands, like you don't do this. But what was Zeke's face when he got that word? Okay. So none of the sixth graders had heard that story yet. Oh, okay. Right. So the seventh and eighth graders are about to just lose it, go crazy. And they're all staring at me. All of the teachers and the principal then are staring at me because like, <laughs> why is everybody staring at Mr. Mook? <laughs> like what it was a, such a weird situation and i'm just like trying to hush the crowd totally embarrassed i feel the pressure of like half of the people in this gymnasium looking at me for what no other adult even understands right they're like total inside joke yeah and so i get them quieted down zeke is the word right by oh, the way oh yeah see i can spell <laughs> but i can spell quizzical <laughs> okay i'm gonna guess here I think it. Well, it, I don't want to give it away. Can you ask for that it, change during the beat? Is it, is it ICAL? Is it CLE? <laughs> are you talking? Are you asking about quizzical? Yes. Quiz. And then ICAL with the double Z. And then I believe, ICAL. I mean, look it up. I'm pretty sure that's right. Double Z ICAL. Well, that's intentionally deceptive. It that should is. be just like. <laughs> It's, it, it is ICAL. Yeah, it's not that. Indicating mild or amused puzzlement. Mm-hmm. Right. I like this. A yes. quizzical look on your face. <laughs> yeah. And then what was the reaction as soon as you got it right then? We, so did did we everyone get, lose it at we that get point? Everybody quieted down. They finished the spelling bee. We go walking out the doors, and I've got a hundred kids literally rushing up to me. Mr. Muck, Mr. Muck, you've got to tell them the story. You've got to tell them the story. You've got to tell them the story. It, it was just pandemonium. Such a crazy, crazy coincidence. They couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. It was unreal. All right, Steph. I've got a question for you. What's your favorite book of all time? Uh, obviously, you met her where? Oh, I thought you were going to say the Bible. Oh, oops. <laughs> oh. What's your second favorite book of all time? You met her where? <laughs> A distant second. Totally distant. It's a pretty good book. Sorry, God. It's still a pretty, pretty good book. But we're so excited. Where can people get our book, honey? Okay, I know this. Uh, Amazon.com. Yes. Barnes & Noble. Yes, and? And our website, KevinStuff.com. And, and what happens if they buy it off our website? <gasps> what do they get? 
uh, an autograph from us. Yes. Who wouldn't want that? So listeners, if you've already read the book, thank you so much. We've had such good feedback. One thing that helps us, if you can give us a review on amazon.com, we would greatly appreciate it. Thank you so much. And thank you for listening. I love teaching. There's no story there. <laughs> I just want, I'm trying to get that on record. Is this one of your lies? Listen, you, you've already got tenure. You can sure. say whatever you want. Yeah, now. Sure, that goes on record. In case my boss listens to this podcast. So, you know, all your uh, deceit and chicanery yeah. uh, as a teacher, I, I heard it's now like a teaching method to take the first couple weeks and just sort of, they call it like rapport building or something. So you were uh, a pioneer. No, I, did. I wasn't trying to build rapport at all. Yeah, yeah well. I was just trying to lie to you. <laughs> there's, there's a difference. Can you tell Joe the story of your son wanting a PS5 <laughs> and what you did what you did with his school and grades for him to actually get that? I didn't, I didn't think you allowed your children any sort of free time. I try not to, but they, they sneak it when I'm not paying attention. <laughs> so there was an incident when he was like nine. Maybe he was 10. He was around 10 where the video games were getting a little out of control and yeah. how he was just too focused on them. And then what happened was we caught him. He was in the bathroom, and uh, he was taking forever. And my wife goes, what are you doing in there? You're taking forever. He's like, I'm reading. She goes, what are you reading? He says something like, Tales from World War II. She's like, all right. Because <laughs> he has books like that. Now, unfortunately, at that moment, my wife stepped over in his room the Tales from World War II book. Oh. So she catches him. He was on a tablet playing a video game. And so... That day, I told him, it's all done. We're getting rid of everything. We sold every system, every game. He had nothing at age 10. That gave me folk hero status among other parents who would then threaten their kids. They'd be like, Cyrus's dad did it. I'll do it. It can be done. They literally would threaten that. They would say, he's done it. I can do it to you. Look at that poor kid down the street. Do you want to look like that yeah, kid? Yeah. Look how low he sunk. So three years later, he goes, dad, you know, I, I think I've proven myself. It's been like three years since I've had video games what would it take for me to get a PS5? And I said, you'd have to get all A's and all the advanced classes. Now, when I said that, I gave that about a 4% chance of ever happening. So, you know, I was like, yeah, fine. You do this, I'll give you, get you a PS5. <laughs> Over a course of three quarters, he brought his grades up to the end of sixth grade where he was doing a lot better. And I was actually starting to feel a little tight in the chest. Like, I'm going to buy this schmuck a PS5. He's getting close, right? So I'm starting to sense it. What's a PS5 cost these days? That's a big investment, right? Yeah. But I didn't think I'd have to do it. Like 800 bucks? It was, or... an, empty, it was an empty promise at the time. Well, I know. Yeah. I'm saying it's yeah. Big... Oh, yeah, because you have to get it in a bundle to yeah, avoid yeah. bootleggers and all that. So, so the first quarter of seventh grade comes. And I don't know how, but he literally gets all A's and one 89% B, a point away. And I'm like, whoa. Oh. So he, he, pulls, he pulls out the grade card because he wanted it to be a surprise because he thought he had all A's. So he pulled it out for a big reveal with me there. Like, he's going to show me. He's like, here it is, Dad. And he sees the 189% B. I'm like, oh, boy, that's tough. And he goes. And you were so close. I go, oh, that's a shame. And, and he says, oh, he starts losing his mind because he's one point away. And he starts arguing. He goes, in that class, there was a group project. And the kid I was grouped with didn't do anything. And I had to do everything. And the one part that he was supposed to do, he didn't do. And that's why I got an 89%. I go, oh, okay. He's like, does that sound fair? I go, no, it does not. <laughs> so do I get a PS5? 
No, you do not. <laughs> no, I don't. Listen, listen, I'm looking for any out, kid. Right. This is this is. I obey the letter of the law, not the spirit. <laughs> so I didn't get it for him. Obviously, it's me. Don't, don't round grades. No, I'm a big believer. So so the second quarter of seventh grade comes around, and he's literally sitting on the exact same setup of grades, all A's and one eighty nine percent B. When the grade in the same class, uh, I think the eighty nine was in a different class. Okay, and he went to the teacher and explained again, I don't know if this is a theme, he, he claimed he got screwed in another group project, but instead of complaining to me, which is, I mean, deaf ears, of course, <laughs> you're not going to tell me, he actually took that complaint to the teacher, and the teacher's like, yeah, you're right, the, the other person didn't keep up oh, their wow. end, gave him the A. Yeah, I never would have done that. Uh, he, he actually made Cyrus do the work that the other kid should have done. Oh. So, so he's like, if you're willing to do that half as well, and so Cy got all A's, and then I'm like, oh, gosh, i got to buy this. <laughs> I mean, they're only available from scalpers. Oh. I had to, so I ended up sitting outside of GameStop at 6 a.m. No. As you say, you had to get up early probably mm-hmm. to get in line, right? Mm-hmm. You can't get them? No, there's, it was still only... Part of it is, I don't want to support scalpers. They're not that expensive from a scalper, but I didn't want to. So we, we camped out for... I mean, we camped out for two hours. It wasn't like we were trying to get Aerosmith oh, tickets. And, <laughs> and, and we got it, and all was well. Oh, so, yeah. I love though how he got the eighty nine, and you're like, sorry, sorry. that's yeah. not that's not an A, yeah. that's not an A. And then next time around, mm-hmm. didn't even go to you, didn't even explain. Like, nope, I'm going oh, to the learned, teacher. Yeah. He knew who mm-hmm. the person of influence is. We need with more. This, we need with more parents grade. like that. We totally do, Adam. I respect you so much. Yeah. I just think we need more parents like you. <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah. Can you parent my kids? <laughs> <laughs> Are you available? He was not happy. Mm-hmm. Was, I remember him sitting in the car pulling that paper out, seeing the 89, like, oh, man. <laughs> oh, buddy. That is, that is so close. Really close. Wow. Yeah. That's but awesome. you've got to be happy with what you've accomplished. <laughs> PS5 or not. Let's focus on the positive. Hard work is its own reward, young man. <laughs> That's amazing. So I'm trying to think of other school stories. Nope. I got one. Oh, Dude. good. So um, where my oldest goes to school has a, essentially like a uniform. It's technically maybe not a uniform. But it's a very strict dress code. It's essentially like a uniform khaki. And they get very few. It's middle school. They get very few dress down days where you can wear whatever you want. I mean, it's, it, they're very few and far between. And uh, we're coming up on spring break. And I just happened to mention, like, do you get a dress down day before spring break the day before? He's like, no. And, and I just I said that. And... He started thinking, he said, yeah, we should get one. So a couple days later, he comes home, and he had gotten signatures from almost the entire school for a dress-down day. <laughs> really? Day before, yeah. I'm like, what are you going to do with these? He's like, oh, I'm taking them to the principal, see what Senator. happens. <laughs> so he takes them in to the principal. She looks at it, and she goes, well, if you can write an essay to convince me, then I'll give the school a dress-down day. So now the pressure's on, and it's out there now that he has to write an essay and this principal is a bit like me, I think, in that she won't, is not just going to hand it over. It's like, you don't impress me. I'm not doing it. <laughs> so he writes this essay. And, I mean, I, I'm an attorney. I, I could have helped him. I let him do it on his own. I go, it's got to be you. And he wrote this essay. And it was <laughs> some of the most ridiculous stuff <laughs> ever put on paper. <laughs> it went semi-viral. It got posted on Facebook on the mom's page. Oh, for nice. the school. They're like, oh, we heard they got a dress down day. They never got a dress down day. How did they get a dress down day? Well, I'm giving away the ending. But at one point he wrote, every day I seek to inspire my fellow students, especially the girls. <laughs> put that in there. 
So she, so she calls him in, and he's like he's defending his, his thesis. She starts going line by line. Why'd you write this? Why'd you write that? And she goes, it says here you seek to inspire your fellow students, especially the girls. What do you mean by that? And he's, he's trying to be goofy, but I don't know if she's not picking up on it or what. He goes, I, I don't know. I guess that's just my natural instinct. And so she goes, okay. She goes through it. Never cracks a smile. Ends up, the end of the day, announcing that tomorrow, Friday, you know, the day before spring break, will be a dress down day. And the school just goes nuts. <laughs> they, they're giving him hugs. They're, they're giving him awesome. fives and stuff like that. What? And, uh, and he comes home that day, and my wife was there. And she tells me when he comes to the door, he goes. He's like, make me a sandwich. <laughs> he goes, <laughs> he, she goes, how did it go? And he goes, Mom, today I became Zach Morris. <laughs> <laughs> I was surprised he gets that reference. <laughs> he was, I mean, the thing got built up because dress down days are just few and far between. I'm three a year. Can he come to my school and get that for the teachers? <laughs> Friends, we want to encourage you to please follow us wherever you listen to this, whether it's on the Apple Podcast app, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or one of the other platforms. You guys, it's completely free. And while you're there, Feel free to give us a rating or a nice review. Thank you for listening to Tells a Good Story.